What's happening, municipals? I want to talk to you about the brand new golf ball markers from Matchstick Golf. The golf season upon us, and the Masters is right around the corner, and Matchstick is ramping up and raring to go. They've recently released two markers in collaboration with Manzanita Links, one of Oregon's best coastal golf courses. You can get King Sevy, the Seagull, or the Spirit of Oregon Crest right now, or if you want something more formal, Grab the all-new Bachelor Cash Stack, an all-new marker featuring a wad of $100 bills bound with a black bow tie and finished in gold. It's perfect for a bachelor party gift for your groomsmen. And of course, you can always use code MUNICIPALS at checkout for 20% off your first order. Head to matchstickgolf.com, get all-new ball markers at a great price. Matchstick Golf, set fire to the greens. How hard did you push it till I black out? Yes. Numerous times, yes. What's happening, municipals? This is Big C. We have a special guest tonight. Uh, winner of the 2009 Utah Am, BYU alumni, 2012 All-American, 2011 PNW Am winner, winner of the 2019 uh, Ellie May Classic at Stonebrae in the municipal's backyard of the Bay Area, creator of the Buck Club, mind of the tree farm, our guy Zach Blair. How you doing, my man? Yeah, man, doing good. How you guys doing? Not bad. You know, just uh, gearing up for the season. Um, out here in the Pacific Northwest, we definitely drop off in the winter, kind of like you guys do in Utah. So, you know, everybody's kind of gearing up, getting getting their new equipment ready and getting going. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, starting to get a little better here, but still, you know, like it snowed today, but it was like, 60 degrees a couple days ago so starting to be able to where get to where you could maybe play a little golf soon hopefully yeah what time what month uh does it get to kind of be like your start of the season out there yeah i mean it really just depends i mean you know there's definitely times right now where where it's good enough to play um but you know like it, it could also be snowing like all this month so it's really kind of hit or miss but you know historically i would say kind of in the next 20 or 30 days you're usually looking pretty good nice yeah you guys are kind of in the same same time frame as us like beginning of april is kind of our our go season they start letting us record um record scores on our gin um starting about now so kind of kind of the gear up right now yeah yeah that's nice so i kind of want to start off um kind of just a little you know who got you started in golf um i know your dad was a byu alum as well as a great golfer in his own right um at what age did you start and kind of when did you like really get the bug i mean i started uh I mean, before, before I can even remember, really, uh, just been around it my whole life. Like you said, you know, my dad, 
growing up being kind of a, a player and a member of the PGA and kind of owned and operated a few golf courses, played in a bunch of kind of state opens when I was kind of younger and growing up. So I kind of just rolled around with him and, you know, hung out with him a little bit in the summers and kind of went and watched him play golf. So really just from a young age, I obviously liked golf a lot and uh, was around it a lot. But, uh, you know, played played a lot of sports kind of growing up. And I would say sometime in uh, high school was when it was kind of evident that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a little better at golf than I am at some of the other sports. So might might want to keep playing this one. Is that kind of the same time that you, you kind of thought that you had a chance to go D1 and then also kind of play pro as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably kind of high school. I mean, I was I was good in, like, junior golf as well. Um, but I, I just had so many other sports that I, you know, enjoyed playing and liked playing. So, um, I, yeah, kind of junior year of high school was when it was like, all right, you know, might want to take this a little more serious. It was um, seen. You know, started looking at schools. Was senior year the year that you won the Utah Am? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kind of, you know, that year going into BYU. Had a nice had a nice little run there. Won the State Am. You know, played in, like, the U.S. The US Am. Played in the U.S. Am Pub Links and, you know, all that other stuff. Might have been that, that year that I won the, you know, Pacific Northwest. Not really sure. But, um yeah, so definitely kind of knew then that you know I was all right. Yeah, I think I think you were just a little all right. Um, so, <laughs> how's the injury going? Uh, how's rehab been? I know something so serious like kind of was it a rotator cuff? Uh, a labrum, my okay. uh, tore, tore tore a labrum in my right shoulder. So yeah, it's going good. Um, you know, had surgery. I don't even know when it was kind of like, I think at the very end of 2020, maybe. Um, so yeah, it's been, you know, kind of a long road, obviously had a lot going on, had a baby and had this project in Aiken and, uh, having another baby soon. So yeah, it's been, been good. Kind of, it, it was right during kind of like, all of the pandemic and everything like that. So it was kind of a nice uh, time if there was ever a good time to get uh, something like that done. But it's definitely given me kind of a, a different appreciation for, you know, traveling the world and being able to play golf for your job kind of every day. So definitely looking forward to getting back at it. Yeah, it kind of gave you that little extra uh, time frame too, kind of with, uh, with the tour exemption and everything with everything being halted for COVID, it kind of gave you that extra time to go through that as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, when do you, do you see yourself uh, making a move anytime soon to get playing back on tour? I know you're crazy busy with everything else going on as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, sometime in the next couple of months is, is kind of what I'm eyeing right now. I'll, uh, go do a couple of those corn fairy tour rehab starts is I guess what they call them. And, uh, you know, just see kind of where the game's at. And, you know, if I, 
am really able to, you know, play kind of seven days a week, you know, multiple weeks at a time. Cause that's just something that, you know, I haven't done for like two years basically is, uh, you know, I can go out and tee it up in a little hit and giggle, like, you know, one day playing with the friends or going on a little golf trip where, you know, nothing really matters, but, uh, haven't really tested the waters much in the last couple of years about playing two or three weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even imagine playing four days straight, back-to-back weeks. I mean, the endurance it takes just just for that and coming off of kind of the rehab you're coming off, it's got to be a little bit of a challenge there. Yeah, it's definitely like, you know, it's not quite as easy as people think, um, you know, playing golf, walking, you know, seven to ten miles kind of like every day in just different places all over the country, traveling, you know, there's kind of a lot that goes into it. So I definitely know for me, I'm just like so out of shape, you know, uh, golf, golf wise, you know, if I, I don't know, I've played a couple of rounds of golf where I've had to walk in the last like, couple of years. But uh, again, other than that, it's kind of just been hit and giggle stuff where you kind of go out one day, maybe you're riding a cart or something like that. But uh, like I said, definitely looking forward to getting back and, you know, seeing, seeing what it what it's like out there right now are you gonna are you gonna have your dad continue to join you out there and caddy for you uh yeah my dad probably pop out a few times he's kind of you know struggling a little bit uh had some kind of knee problems so i know that he's you know enjoyed some some time not having to travel quite as much and um but but yeah we'll see so from what I've seen, so what's your favorite donut shop that you and your dad have come across while touring? Ah, oh, man, Duck Donuts, I think. And, you know, I think they're mainly kind of on the East Coast. Um, they're, they're like kind of little cake donuts, and they make them fresh and kind of do whatever you want to them. That, that place is pretty good. There's also a pretty good spot in, uh, uh, like... It's just outside of like Dallas in Fort Worth, I guess, for the Colonial uh, event. But, but that's a pretty good one as well. All right, yeah. Next time you come to Portland, you'll have to uh, check out Pips Donuts. They're uh, mini donuts uh, made to order, and they've got this candy oh, yeah, bacon. That sounds donut. like duck donuts. Yeah, yeah it sounds like duck donuts. So yeah, that's, good. that's where it's at. Yeah, that, yeah that's love it. that. Um, so I wanted to say, you know. I, I've been following the Buck Club for the for a while. How did uh, the Buck Club kind of come about? Really just kind of, you know, kept seeing these really cool places while I was kind of traveling on tour and was just trying to do something like that in Utah. Um, it obviously has kind of developed and changed and uh, evolved over the years. And, you know, it's... Uh, it, been put on a little bit of a pause in terms of actually you know getting the course kind of underway you know we, we thought we were kind of rolling on it a few years ago and just kind of didn't work out and obviously there was a, a little bit of a different opportunity to go do the tree farm out in South Carolina but uh yeah definitely looking forward to kind of getting that up and running in Utah eventually and um you know, I think it should be a, a cool spot for a lot of people. Just just got to get it going. 
Yeah, that's kind of where I was leading into kind of the status of of the Buck Club because I know a lot of a lot of people, especially some of our listeners, have have been following the Buck Club for a long time, and I know we're all juiced to kind of see that that kind of come to fruition and 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 get created there. From what we can see with Tree Farm and what you're doing with Tom Doak, I mean, it looks incredible out there. Yeah, it's definitely a really cool piece of property. You know, would would <laughs> would kill to get something like that in Utah. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of that. You know, it's just kind of different, uh, different land, obviously. But you know, the tree farm is really kind of originally what I wanted to do with TBC, and then you know, over the years, like I said, the the whole idea for TBC kind of evolved into you know, maybe something more along the kind of Sweeten Cove, uh, you know, model in terms of like a public place that, you know, anyone could come out and play. Just, I know we've had so much support from, from just people, um, really like all over the country that just felt like that was definitely, you know, fit better, uh, in kind of the Utah scene. It's definitely more of a, public golf uh state especially you know around salt lake um so definitely think that that that, that's kind of where it's leading to you know for when the time is right to kind of get that going in utah yeah and and so kind of leading into that with you know kind of the public side and everything uh, for public accessibility, what options or opportunities do you think uh, people are going to have to play the tree farm? Are you going to kind of follow along like the Mike Kaiser line of things with the Dune, Dunes Club with like kind of the letter writing access? Yeah, we've definitely thought about a handful of, um, you know, those types of things. Um, you know, Sand Hills and Terry Eady, I think were two pretty good examples that, you know, kind of allow, you know, allow people to go through the right avenues, write a letter and, uh, you know, schedule something like that. I always think that would be a, a cool opportunity, but we also think that, you know, some form of, um, kind of like these lottery systems, you know, similar, I guess, in, in a sense to what they do at like the old course where they have, you know, they do it obviously every day. I think we would try and do it like a handful of times a month, um, you know, where, where we could get groups out and, um, you know, scheduling some trips or whatever. But I definitely think, um, between those handful of things and, you know, master's week, I, I definitely think there will be some, some cool opportunities for people to get out there. And, you know, it's like we're building the place so people, you know, so people can play golf out there and see it. You know, we know it's going to be a really cool spot. So uh, definitely want to get some people out there and get, get them, give them the ability to, you know, at least check it out. Yeah, I know I was, uh, we did an episode with uh, uh, one of my good friends, Akbar, uh, owner of Seamus Golf. And, he was chatting with me about it a little bit and he, he was just saying all the, you know, everything you're posting just is getting him more and more excited to get the opportunity to get out there. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, getting to the point right now, uh, where it's getting pretty exciting, uh, kind of getting ready to grass, start grassing in the next handful of months, which, 
I'm just so excited to see grass on the ground. You know, some of the holes, you know, I think will definitely change the look of them, um, you know, really be able to see the golf and see what they're going to look like uh, will be kind of a, a really cool evolution of it. Yeah, I mean, that's – I'm excited to get out there. I haven't been to the East Coast to play any golf. So, you know, I, I was chatting with Akbar about doing kind of a tobacco road, mid-pines, you know, kind of trip out that way. So, you know, maybe we'll have to hold off until the tree farm's at the point to to be able to play <laughs> and get out there. Yeah, shouldn't be – you know, it's not too far away. Kind of uh, later this year, early next year, should be ready to roll. By the way, I voted uh, for the stoplight. I think that stoplight idea was fucking awesome. Yeah, I think that, you know, like retro stoplight, like in the tree, yeah, I just think is, you know, cooler than the bell. I, I think both of them are, you know, hit or miss. We've kind of been playing with this idea of, you know, like a deer stand in the tree that you kind of, you or the caddy can kind of crawl up and see if the fairway's clear. But it's uh, it's for the 12th hole. It's this long par four, um, and the tee shot kind of hits up the hill, almost like kind of 18 at Riviera type type vibes. And, uh, you know, the, the last like 10 or 15 years, the property had been really used for kind of like hunting um and so there's all these old like deer stands in the trees and we think it might be cool to to go get a new one that's a little more uh yeah a little more safe i guess that that we could set up in one of the trees behind the tee that you could crawl up and see it but so those are kind of the three options right now but i'm definitely team stoplight over bell yeah (laughs) i for sure like that and then the the tree stands great too because there's there's a course in washington that i've played that a friend of ours owns uh called snohomish and on the back nine they actually like have a built up it's not a tree stand but it's like a you know, two-story tall thing that you can climb up to see if the uh, fairway is clear. And it's kind of a cool thing that you don't really come across on a lot of tracks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So since we are a public uh, podcast, I kind of wanted to ask on your travels, what are your five favorite public accessible tracks you'd recommend to any of our listeners? Man, um, you know, Pinehurst, number two, is pretty pretty good. Uh, Mid Pines is another uh, favorite. Um, hmm. Trying to think of some kind of on the, uh, you know, Sand Hollow in Utah is a is a pretty cool spot. Yeah, we went out to uh, Wolf Creek, and they actually told us, they were like, if you're this far out, you should definitely try to check out Sand Hollow. We just didn't have enough time to get out there. Yeah, it's cool. They uh, they have, you know, the 18-hole championship course is, has got some cool stuff, and then uh, they have this nine-hole Lynx course that is, like, my favorite course in Utah, like, without a doubt. Um, it, it's kind of gone a little downhill I would say you know in the last like five or six years like right when it opened it was just 
so insane. I was like, if the, if there was one course in Utah that I would have wanted to buy and turn into TBC, it would have been that nine hole links course. Um, so let's see, that's three. Um, trying to think. I mean, Sweetens Cove is really cool, cool spot for kind of you know what they have there. Just got to make sure you catch it on a you know not when it rains so you don't get flooded out and then um hmm, maybe something on the, the this uh golf course in uh hawaii kahuku it's on the north shore it's like probably my favorite probably my, one of my favorite courses in the world pretty pretty much like a dog track but uh it, it's just like the coolest place ever you know you catch it on a good week where where they've had some rain and you know are mowing the fairways it's it's a pretty good spot um so growing up in utah what tracks did you grow up playing and then what are your outside of sand hollow what are your favorite tracks in utah you know my dad uh owned a couple kind of um executive golf courses called mulligans um so there was one kind of in south jordan which is just south of salt lake um and it it was kind of like a a nine hole executive course and then it had a nine hole par three course and then we also had one up uh just north of salt lake in ogden uh that was a nine hole executive course and we had this kind of uh three hole you know, basically it was just like a little private loop for, you know, that was in our backyard that it was just basically for me and my dad. And, uh, so, I mean, that's where I grew up playing. It was, was mainly, you know, Mulligan's North. Um, but I, I played a lot of golf at this course called Glen Eagle. Um, that was, again, it was probably 20 minutes from, um, my house in Ogden uh, out in Clearfield, Utah. And uh, then, you know, our high school team played at this place called Ben Lomond, which, uh, you know, was just in Ogden. So I, I think that's where I played a majority of my golf. All, all of those places are public. So, um, you know, never, never was like a, a country club member anywhere growing up and really joined like my first you know, country club, uh, like honestly, like two years ago, um, right during COVID. Cause the only way I could play out there, um, <laughs> with all my friends during COVID was with, if I was a member. So, um, yeah, but Mulligans is where I played a majority of my golf growing up. So it was a cool spot. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of similar to, to my, you know, background kind of where I grew up playing golf. I grew up in the South Bay of, of uh the bay area in san jose and there was a nine holer out there called prune ridge and they were just great great to the kids you know a lot of uh you know a lot of kids clinics like every saturday and and kids tournaments and stuff out there so it was just a little executive nine um that i learned how to play with five clubs and then once i got good enough and i could hit par my my dad went out and bought me a full set so Kind of, kind of similar, similar path there. Um, so what's your favorite public tracks you've played in California and Oregon? 
Man, um, I asked that just because Ashton's out of San Francisco and I'm out of Portland. Man, I don't know if I've played a, a ton of uh, public golf in either um, either place. I mean, I've obviously won at uh, the at the Ellie May up at the TPC. I don't know if that's public. It's kind of like public and private. Yeah. Um, and and up in the Portland area, you know where we played? We played, a, we played a, me and Tron uh, played a sick little place called like Rose City. Is that what it's called? Yeah, so Rose City is my local watering hole. So that's where I play a lot of my golf. That place wow. is sick. Yeah. Yeah, that place is. Uh, we had a fun time out there. We we snuck out kind of during the. Um, it, it was like the the web the, the corn ferry tour kind of like season finale uh, at Pumpkin Ridge, um, and is Pumpkin Ridge? Do they do kind of like one of the courses is public each, and then the other one is private, and they just kind of like swap each day or no? How so does that place work? Ghost is always public. And then Witch Hollow is always private. So they, they don't switch them out. Um, Ghost just is always accessible to the public. And do you know which one did I play? Like, which one did the Corn Fairy play? Corn Fairy play usually plays, usually all the all the tournaments, LPJ and Corn Fairy play Witch. So that's the that's the private side. And when Tiger oh, okay. had the his third USAM out there, yeah. they actually played both courses. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, really, kind of. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I've played uh, too much uh, like public stuff up that way. Like, snuck out to Rose City that one time. Thought it was pretty cool, and then uh, not much in California either. I mean, I've played like Torrey Pines, but that's obviously not you know anywhere close to the bay area oh but uh anywhere in california i know i know i've seen you sneak out to uh northwood and and pasa oh yeah oh my gosh totally forgot about both of those northwood's sick pasa tampa is insane that's like top five like in california in my opinion place is awesome yeah have you so i know it's not public but have you ever gotten a chance to play green hills uh kind of in in the San Francisco area. No, no. So next time been. you're in the Bay, um, try to get out to Green Hills. It's another Alistair McKenzie track. And in my opinion, if I had a course that I could play every single day of the week, uh, Green Hills would be pretty close to that. Yeah, definitely need to go check that out. Yeah. Next time you're in the San Francisco area, um, you could even hit us up. We got a friend Rick out there that's a member. So next time I'm there, definitely uh, see what's up. Yeah, Ashton and Rick would love to play with you. Um, and then, uh, so as a new father and going to be a father of a second as well, um, how are you going about introducing the game to Charlie? Um, I've kind of seen him already. You've got some sets built for him. He's got his plastic set going. So I see you've started him off right. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, we just kind of, uh, you know, I got him a set that's like a real set. Um, he doesn't really mess with those too much. 
my dad and, and my wife's dad actually got him, you know, a couple of different like plastic sets and he definitely, uh, loves, you know, messing around with those. Um, I, I don't think his swings, uh, quite ready to go. He, he, he's more of like a one handed guy right now. And anytime my dad comes over, who was like my teacher my whole life, you know, was always, you know, giving me crap. Like you gotta, you gotta get him, uh, you know, you gotta get him swinging. Right. And I'm just kind of like, I have, I have no clue. I, I, I'm, I don't know the first thing about teaching someone how to play golf. So right now I'm really just kind of letting him kind of do whatever he wants, but he definitely likes it. He, uh, you know, like I said, messes around with those clubs a lot and, you know, likes to go, kind of hit the little wiffle balls or whatever he has and anytime golf is on tv he uh he definitely stops and takes a look and you know we'll kind of sit there kind of mesmerized by by those guys so that's pretty fun to watch him you know at least start enjoying it so i'm excited for this year maybe kind of sneak him out on the golf course a few times and and you know go let him tag along yeah, I mean, that's that's my best memories, and I'm sure close to some of your best memories as a kid, kind of going out, playing with your dad, and kind of doing that thing. So I, I'm i excited for you because that's going to be a fun time to get out there with him, especially when he gets a little older. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it for sure. All right, Zach. Well, I appreciate you kind of coming on. Um, thanks for being, being a who you are and uh we appreciate you know what you're doing and you know i can't wait to get out to the tree farm and i hope that we get to see the buck club uh here in the next uh you know some odd years yeah man thank you guys i appreciate it looking forward to it absolutely buddy take care yeah see ya (laughs) 